Hey, B2B Nation, this is Jordan Schneider subbing in for Chris Kleinfelter for the next series of interviews, five to be exact. Uh, we were lucky enough to partner with our good friends at Terminus and Sales Hacker uh, for their conference revenue summit out in San Francisco just last week. Um, so we packed up our microphones and recording equipment. We went out there and we were able to interview some keynote speakers uh, and have some good conversations with attendees and sponsors. And uh, we're going to be sharing all of that with you guys over the course of the next couple of weeks. Uh, it was an awesome conference. I think there were around 2,000 people there. We set up a little table amongst all the sponsor booths. So it, it is a little, you'll get a feel for the environment once the interview starts. It's a little loud. If it sounds like I'm shouting at the beginning of the interview, it's because I am, but it's not because I have rage issues or anything like that. Uh, it's, it was just, it was loud. There was no way that the interviewee was going to be able to hear me uh, unless I was raising the volume of my voice a little bit. So apologies for the aggression up front. Um, but anyway, our first interview was with a guy named Rob Jepson, and he's the CEO of a company called Exvoyant. And Exvoyant provides technology and services in the sales coaching space. So he gave a talk actually later that day to the entire conference on the differences between selling to enterprise clients and SMB clients. So some pretty interesting insights there. Uh, we were able to dive into that as well as a little more about Exvoyant uh, some cool customer stories that they have. So here it is, my interview with Rob Jepson. Hope you guys enjoy. All right, hello, B2B Nation. We are live at the Revenue Summit in San Francisco, Pier 27 with Terminus. And I'm here with Rob Jepson from Voyant. X-Voyant. X-Voyant. Yep. X-Voyant. Okay, X-Voyant. I thought it was a silent X, not a silent X. Okay, all right. Well, X-Voyant, man. Damn, we'll have to the, edit that the out. The X-Factor. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So we're going to talk a little bit about um, X-Voyant, and uh, Rob is speaking later today, so we'll get into some of that, too. But where, where are you from, Rob? Tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. X-Voyant is from Salt Lake City, Utah. There's a, a ton of awesome tech companies there. and Love Salt Lake City. Yeah, Salt Lake's blowing up with the SaaS space, and... You know, what we do is we're, we're a SaaS company that helps sales organizations with coaching. And uh, our company name is actually a play on words. A clairvoyant is a magical person that can predict the future. And we say nobody needs to predict the future more than a sales leader. However, there's no magic required. If you understand how to execute the right way, you can create an excellent culture and you can really predict the future through execution. And so we build code that lives in your CRM, lives in your sales force, and turns all your historical sales data into predictive sales coaching plans at the individual level and helps an average leader become a world-class coach. Awesome. Very cool. How long have you guys been around for? We're less than a year old, but we're blowing up. It's less than a year old. super fast. Wow. Yeah. That's a pretty cool spot to be in, too, Salt Lake City. Yeah, no, Salt Lake's fun. We're surrounded with great companies like you know, Qualtrics and Domo. Domo's and out there, and, yeah. You know, Plural Sites out there and you know, a lot of venture capital's coming in there now. We've we've raised a couple million bucks to get off the ground, but but uh, now we're funding ourselves through sales. So awesome, very yeah. cool. That's great. Yeah. So how did you guys get started? I mean, like, who are some of your first customers? Do you mind sharing you know, our, that with our us? Our first, our first two customers that you might be interested. In, one was just a large uh, financial institution, one of those too big to fail companies. And when Wells Fargo got in trouble for what they did, you know, 185 million dollar fine for people having so much pressure to produce that they did some wrong things. Yeah. Financial services care about coaching all of a sudden. Right? So financial institutions are growing for us quickly because they got to grow 
and they got to have coaching plans. But the one that might surprise you, um, Jordan, is the Waste Management Corporation, the garbage company. 3,000 reps. Really? Yeah, 3,000 reps. Huh. They started investing in coaching last year, and they had the best year they've ever had. They're a publicly traded company. And every company that works with us that has one thing in common. They have double or triple digit growth goals, but they want to have single digit or flat headcount. Okay? And so that's a pretty common thing in the enterprise. Keep growing at double digits, but we're going to have flat or single digit headcount growth. And when we find people that are in that world, coaching is the only way to do that. Sure. And we have a tool that says, let's take the sales investments you've already made and help you leverage them better. So it's, it's helped us grow fast. Gotcha, gotcha. So there's a training component, but you said there's code that lives in a CRM too. So how exactly does that work out? Yeah, we've got some proprietary algorithms and methodologies that have worked. My previous life, I've won 15 of the American Business Awards, the Stevie Awards, more than anybody else in the country. Oh, wow. Yeah. Cool, a little feather yeah, in the hat yeah, there. Yeah, you know what? Awesome. You, you suck at most things. That's the one thing I'm good at. <laughs> and so all those things that led to $3 billion of, of sales per year annually at that company I was running, I said, let's stop doing that manually and let's automate it. And so that was the genesis of our company, to automate that stuff. And turns out it's working really well for other large enterprise companies. That's awesome. And your uh, spiel today on the panel is going to be discussing enterprise sales and how that's much different from, we were just talking about it before we turned the mics on. Yeah, you know, right? it's so funny in this space. We're here at Sales Hacker, uh, Flip My Funnel, the, the, the Revenue Summit, and everybody's here to learn to make more revenue. It's a fantastic event. You can hear the buzz going on. Um, one of the things that, that I found is a lot of these organizations are born in SMB. And then once you're in SMB, a lot of people say, hey, they see that siren song, right? All those, man, enterprise, my waste management company, that's 3,000 reps. I want 3,000, not 30, I want 3,000 reps. Right, right. And so it's not uncommon for people to say, I want to break into enterprise, but it's a totally different beast. How you connect, uh, what it takes to get a deal done. Uh, there's so many things that are part of that that I've seen too many really successful SMB salespeople say, it's no different, it's a lot different. And if you don't understand how to make some of those changes, you'll go from a really successful SMB career or company to one that tanks. Yeah, yeah. What are some of those things that you see as a common theme with some of these people who are trying to make that leap, like maybe that our listeners could learn from? Really good question. The first place I would say is how you start. And so at SMB, you can get away with some of the dialing for dollars, okay? Yep. And so ABM, AB everything is, is a big buzzword right now. It's especially applicable at the enterprise. And let me give you an example. This is, a, I, have this I have this rule for myself. I never answer my phone if that person that's calling me is not in my phone. Okay, if it's a number I don't recognize, I send them the voicemail. I was speaking in Dallas at a different event and my phone rang and it was a local number and I thought I recognized it so I broke my rule and I answered the phone. Okay? And immediately this person starts talking to me about, you know, his research says that I'd be a good fit for what I'm doing at Zions Bank. That was two jobs ago. <laughs> okay. Now, this was someone trying to get into the enterprise. They allegedly had done their, their homework. I stopped that call instantly. I said, allegedly. Let me, give, yeah, I like let me give you some help. Yeah. It happened again. I got another email yesterday of someone trying to have me get them into Zions. You, you flipped it on them right yeah. there on the phone call? I, I coached them a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. And love that. Um, I said, you're not going to sell me anything. However, let me tell The reason I bring that up is you got to have at least six. There's usually six to eight people on a decision committee at the enterprise level. Sure. And you better know who those people are. You better, and one of my favorite stories is real simple, and I'm sorry if I'm rambling, but I think you'll no, like no, this no. one. Please. When I was starting my, one of my last companies, Allegiance, I was trying to get it funded. This was in the year 2000, okay, a long time ago. 
and there was an investor that I knew would be a good fit for me and my company. And I went to this investor conference because he was speaking. And he talked about the 3,000 some business plans that had been emailed to them through their website. And he made a comment that was interesting. He said, we funded none of them, we've only met with one of them. And here's what he said. If you don't have enough work ethic, ingenuity, or network to engineer an introduction to me, then you don't have enough network, ingenuity, or work ethic to run a business that I want a nickel of my money in. That really uh, hit me hard. Yeah. And I believe it's the same thing selling to enterprise, especially with the tools available today. If you don't have enough network, ingenuity, or work ethic to find a way to connect to an enterprise buyer, you don't have enough network, ingenuity, or work ethic to expect that you can sell something to them. So yeah. that's the first place I start. You better find a way to be relevant immediately. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a really interesting analogy, actually. I come from the startup world. So that I always talk about fundraising being like the hardest sale I've ever made. So there's so many similarities there, I would imagine. You've got to, so is that kind of how you fit into this ABM paradigm too? I mean, Terminus is all about account-based marketing, flipping the funnel and everything. So you're kind of teaching people how to engineer that connection with the ultimate decision makers or engineer connection with multiple decision makers, right? I mean, is that kind of where you well, guys fit in? Well, that's what we're going to talk about today is a little yeah. bit of that. My company, again, is a technology yeah. company that will identify where, where to improve. Mm -hmm. That's what we really get. Right. Who to coach, how to coach, where to coach. But as it relates to enterprise, yes. A sales leader, one of the things that, so we're in the coaching space, sales leaders too often are managing the sales process, not leading it. Right. And there's a big difference in those two words. That's not semantics, right? Mm -hmm. yeah, and so yeah, to your point, yes. I believe that a sales leader needs to sign up that my primary role is to help produce skills. Not produce revenue, produce skills and people and then those go out and produce revenue. Yeah. And so that would be, yeah, we need to make sure that if we're targeting an enterprise, as a leader I should help them, the better you start, the better you finish, I should be helping them learn how to connect quicker and, uh, and find those people that are relevant. Absolutely. Yeah, so that's the first place. The, the second one that I'd give you, ask for several, I'll give you my top two, that was the first yeah, one. Please. The yeah. second one is, when you're working with, with enterprise, ROI is a stupid, is a stupid uh, tactic, okay? They don't believe any of it, they think it's all bullshit, okay? And uh, it comes across as a defensive maneuver where you're trying to kind of snooker me a little bit. Yeah. And so what I've learned is you want to dollarize, not the ROI, you want to dollarize the value of the problem you're trying to help them solve or dollarize the value of the result they were trying to achieve before you ever talk about your product. So that, there's only two ways you can be valuable, solve a problem someone cares about or achieve a result someone cares about. Yep. When you're selling to enterprise, you need to understand not just what the problem or result is, but why it matters. So what's it worth? What's this problem that you're trying to solve? What's this result you're trying to achieve? And so there's, you know, what is it? What's the value of it today? What, would you, what do you want it to be? What's the value of the difference? What's the value of the difference over time? And if that number is large, then you can start asking about you know, why it matters. Yeah. But if that number is small, I've learned that when you're an enterprise, I stop and I say, we help people solve big problems. You guys are a multi-billion dollar company talking to me about a $10,000 problem. There must be something else. And so dollarizing the size of the problem is a really smart thing and it helps with everything. It speeds sales cycles up, but my favorite thing it does is it gives you protection and negotiation time. So if you found a $10 million problem, right, uh, and someone comes back and says, hey, we're, we're trying to take $15,000 out of this or whatever, 
I can look at them and say, hey, you know, Jordan, I thought we were solving a $10 million problem. If you think $150,000 is too much to invest in a $10 million problem, what do you think the appropriate investment is to solve a $10 million problem? Yeah. And it stops the conversation Absolutely. every time. I would have no idea what to say to that. <laughs> yeah. But if you don't do that early in the process, you can't do that. Yeah. So I found that that's my very first thing. Before I do a demo, before anything, my whole discovery process is what's the value of the problem solving, problem you want to solve, or the result you want to achieve. So start from a place of data and reality, and that can set the tone for the entire conversation. And if you don't know Makes enough about sense. them to have that conversation, so I got Jepson's 21 laws of sales and 24 laws of leadership. Yeah. Jepson's third law of sales. Products have no value, they can only derive value. And so you better learn how to talk the language of value and do it from the very beginning, because otherwise the enterprise people don't want to talk to you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Wow, yeah, that's really cool. I think we could uh, weave that, some of those tips into our sales strategy a little bit more too. Call me bro, I'm, I'll come down. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I got your card now, that's we're right, all dude. set. Cool, so um, so we're at the Revenue Summit, yep. right? We've got a couple of days ahead of us. We're right at the beginning right now. It's nine o'clock on the first day for our listeners who are not here right now. Um, so what are you looking forward to most here? Is there anybody that you're looking forward to connecting with or any speakers that you're looking forward to see? For sure. I mean, Flip My Funnel and Sales Hacker, they do a great job of getting super good uh, speakers and really cool people to listen to. Today, I'm really interested in the morning session of Landis, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, Lars. Lars and Doug Landis are speaking in a panel together on, you know, as they look back on their growth from zero to 20 million or something like that, what were the things that they would do again and what would they not do? That's going to be a really good session. So you got. Uh, Cloudera and Box on the stage, and those are going to be really good ones. Yeah. That for anybody that's in growth phase, you want to listen to that one for sure. Um, I always, I always think Tim Clark of Salesforce is good to listen to. He's going to show the Salesforce playbook today. Uh, you know, that's as far as SaaS goes, that's pretty tough not to want to see. But yeah, it's like Bible, right? Yeah. yeah. And then tomorrow, if if uh, you ever have a chance to hear Ralph Barzi speak, you should do it. Ralph's one of my favorite people, great friend, but. I think he might be the best uh, inside sales leader in the business right now, and he's going to talk about what you know what you do with your SDRs. Got to watch that one as well. Got to watch that one. Awesome, very cool. Well, how can we find out more about Xvoyant? Xvoyant.com. Uh, check us out. I'll be speaking here. We do a lot of stuff, a lot of video stuff about coaching. If you go to that website, you'll learn a lot. We would love to answer any questions about how to coach and how to make it your most competitive advantage in the marketplace. Awesome. Very cool. Well, Rob, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks, Jordan. Thanks for having me. Our show today brought to you by Technology Advice was recorded live in San Francisco at the Revenue Summit. For more B2B Nation, including the rest of the episodes in this series, find us on iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. Thanks for listening.